I'm Dao, I'm a visual artist and I paint ideas at the intersection of art, technology and business. And this is I Paint Ideas Podcast. Today I want to explore the role leadership plays in workplace culture. And to help me do that, I'm going to call my dear friend Janine Perlstein. She's a workplace culture expert, but also business anthropologist. And I love the idea that she's able to look at culture in organizations through anthropological lens. Janine is also CEO of her own company, Alchemy Academy, where she helps her clients ranging from small to medium-sized companies to Fortune 100 grow their workplace culture, develop leadership skills, as well as achieve higher levels of positivity, productivity, and profitability. Now, I have a lot of questions for her. I know she has lots of answers for me, so I'm going to give her a call right now. Hey, Janine. I am so thrilled to talk to you today. I'm working on this new collection, as you know, about leadership, and I want to take a look at how leadership contributes to creating a particular culture in an organization, and I couldn't think of a better person to talk to than you. Oh, thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. You know what's funny? Every time I think of culture, I think of that Peter Drucker quote where he said, culture eats strategy for lunch, or was it breakfast? I can't remember exactly what he said. Yeah, some debate about who actually said it first, but uh, a, fa- a famous quote simply because it's so powerful, it's so meaningful, and so spot on. What do you think makes culture so powerful? You know, culture is the culmination of individuals. You know, when individuals come together in a group, they bring with them particular attributes that inform their results. And such a, these attributes are things like their attitudes, their behaviors, their beliefs, and their values. And, and we all have them, and they're all shaped by the culture that we grew up in. But anytime we as individuals come together in a, in a new group and form a new group, and we start sharing those attributes with the new group, that's when a new fo- uh, culture is formed. So if you can imagine every... A corporate team or workplace has its own culture because a group of people are coming together and sharing their behaviors and their beliefs about what's possible and what's not possible and their values and such. And that's what makes it so incredibly powerful. And that's why that quote, that Peter Drucker quote, is so spot on because People have a tendency to to think, to really believe that in order to get better results, higher productivity out of their team, they need to look at strategy. Well, gosh, if we only had a better strategy or if we replicated this other company's strategy, then we would get higher productivity. We would get better results. We would get maybe the same results that that company that we're modeling after would get. But that's not the key. The key is in the culture. The culture is what makes it or breaks it. Well, that's what impacts your results, right? Absolutely. Every time, because you can have the most spot on strategy. Your strategy can be key. I mean, I I know this, I teach strategy, but at the end of the day, if you don't have a culture that will drive that strategy forward without issues that often come up in workplace culture, like trust issues or respect issues, Uh, or even some people who will undermine productivity because of their own beliefs about what's possible, then you're not going to see that strategy through. 
And there are so many people who, so many companies or organizations who want better results and who will say, okay, we're just going to go implement this brand new strategy that's going to get us results. And, uh, and here it is and go forth and implement, please. And that's their idea of how change happens. And they wonder down the road, gosh, we spent so much money on changing things from a strategic perspective. Why didn't it actually happen? Well, the reason it didn't actually happen is because they didn't, they didn't align their culture with that strategy. Yeah, you know, that's so interesting. I feel like it's so much easier not to deal with people, not to deal with culture, not to deal with human nature. It's so much easier to just say, hey, just let's implement the strategy and, and that's what we need to do and let's just do that and just ignore everything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. You will undoubtedly have people in your workplace culture who are driving that productivity or driving that level of, say, workflow based on their own beliefs or their own attitudes and values. And uh, it's important for you to know who is driving your culture. What are their hidden beliefs that might be holding them back as powerful, influential individuals in your culture? And when you have a look at that, of who, not only who is driving your culture, but where might they be holding your culture back? These are the keys that you can look at to, to decide where your productivity can be improved uh, or uh, where positivity can be improved, which is, of course, directly related with productivity. Uh, and then, of course, that just leads to profitability, doesn't it? Oh, totally. I'm curious, though, how do you know if you're in a good culture or a bad culture? Because I feel like once you're thrown into an organization, you kind of get used to it, you adapt to it, and it becomes, this is the way it's always been. It's such a good question. And that that phrase that you just said, this is the way it's always been, I believe is just a killer to productivity. Because people do, you're right, It what is normal remains unseen. As an anthropologist, there are perspectives that we look at and uh, anthropological components that are really valuable in this instance. And one of those is a concept pair of the emic perspective or insider's perspective and the edic perspective or outsider's perspective. And both together are necessary for change because the outsider's perspective will help you see things that remain utterly unseen. It's not our fault. Our brain is wired to, to filter out the things that are normal or usual. I mean, it's why we don't always see the noses, our noses on our face, although we can because our brains say, oh, that's not important. It's always there. And if your culture and your workplace has something that's just always there, even if it's something that's slowing you down or causing you problems, your brain will filter it out, out of your conscious mind, but it still will be there affecting your results. So that's the power of having a coach consultant come in and see things that are unseen and, uh, and also being informed very importantly by that insider's perspective of the people who do know what goes on uh, on, a, on a given day. It's a powerful process. Do you think leadership is to blame for a bad culture? Do you think the culture is really leaders' responsibility? Oh, gosh. I, I hate the blame game. <laughs> Having said that, 
Uh, leadership absolutely drives culture. So if you start thinking about, well, who is influencing your culture, you have to look primarily at those people who have access to resources. Now, in greater anthropological studies, as we look at cultures abroad or, or uh, that are other than, than ourselves, we'll look at the, those that have wealth, power, and prestige. And this is absolutely the same within a company or an organization, that people have access to uh, decision-making process of who of the budget and the strategy or who gets to work for how much. These, this puts you in positions of power Therefore, you are driving your culture. So the leader who refuses to look at, in the mirror at their own limiting beliefs, their own attributes that they bring to the table that are driving the culture is a leader who is absolutely holding their organization back. So you're asking if they're to blame? Yeah, yes. And then the flip side of that is that they're also to be championed for driving the culture when they're doing it well. That's the work for leaders to do, in my opinion, because the more a, a person of influence does to challenge their own limiting beliefs, the more nimble they can be in times of change. And gosh, right now in the world, we're seeing change that's so rapid and is requiring us to be more nimble than we've ever been. And we can only do that when we step away from the mindset that you brought up of, but this is how we've always done it. I know you do a lot of work with multinationals, leaders of large corporations. And I'm wondering, what is the first step that you take when you engage with them to start looking at their culture and trying to improve it? Right. Uh, it, it starts with figuring out who is driving your culture. Who are those people of influence? And then once you've found them, to decide what are their attitudes, their behaviors, their beliefs, and their values. And this is some deep work because you can, you can assign motivation for another person, but I, I'm guessing you're going to get it wrong because we have so much that informs us from the inside out. But when somebody is willing to say, okay, I'll look at that, I'll look at those things, I'll look at where I might be holding myself back and getting in my own way. And when you do that work as an individual, now you know how it's informing the group. And then the group can come together with agreed upon change. Well, what do we want our beliefs to be? What do we want to believe is possible for us? What do we collectively believe is not possible for us? How do we challenge that? How do we break those barriers? But it, it has to be an agreement and it has to be uh, people coming, people of influence in an organization coming forth and making themselves vulnerable enough to do the work. Because hidden within that work, there are traps that will sag your productivity over and over again. I would guess that most leaders in any organization, small, large, multinational, doesn't matter. They don't want to be seen as vulnerable or be vulnerable. Like it's not something that comes easily. So in your experience, when culture is all dialed in and it's supporting the strategy, it's fueling the results, what is that like? Oh my goodness. It is, it is magic. It is true magic. And it's, it's interesting because it creates scenarios where people come to me on the regular basis and say, you're not going to believe what happened. 
it's like synchronicity starts to happen. And it's, it's as if the universe starts bringing all kinds of uh, benefits over and over again. But the truth is, it's because people are operating together in, in such an enmeshed way that they don't have to think through, oh, what's somebody going to think about the way I handle this? Or I'm worried about what other people think of me. They feel psychologically safe to make mistakes and to grow. And it creates a ripple effect, not just in the organization, but in the families of individuals, in their relationships, um, in their ability to invite greater happiness into their lives. It really is, I believe, uh, a holistic improvement method. I think it's so important for people to feel psychologically safe, not not look over their shoulders, don't have to worry about like you were saying, whether or not something is going to happen to them if they made a mistake, we all make mistakes. And creating that really safe environment is like magic because people are working together in alignment. And it seems to me that your work is just so impactful. And I ask everybody this, and I have to ask you as well, how did you get into it? You know, uh, I was in academia, in anthropology, teaching medical anthropology. And I actually started out my career in the last pandemic in the hot zone, uh, studying organizational change in, in the HIV pandemic in uh, red zones in Asia. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's interesting how careers morph. I never thought that I would be, uh, you know, circling back around and doing this same thing today. Uh, but, but it started out, I thought that I was going to go down the road of academia and I realized that I could have a greater impact at uh, inserting this work into organizations that then create that bigger ripple effect. And you definitely are. You're definitely creating ripple effects. Now, if a leader is listening to this and they're saying to themselves, you know, there is something to this culture thing. I should really look into this. And of course, it's powerful stuff for any leader in any organization. Where can they find you? Well, they can find me. Thank you for asking. They can find me at standinyourstrength.com. And you know what I would love to do is offer your listeners a gift. I've given some of the very obvious traps where uh, productivity sinks hide in their organization. I'd like to give, I've put together a document where they can receive 10 places in your workplace culture where productivity traps hide, and they can find that on my website at, at uh, standinyourstrength.com forward slash game changer and go there. You can download it and certainly can reach out and have a conversation with me. I'd love to talk with any of your listeners about their unique workplace culture and how we can help. Oh, Janine, that's amazing. Thank you so much. It's very generous. And I'll make sure that we have that link in our show notes so people can get to it. And I was thinking about all of this and it sparked a few ideas for me a few concepts that i would like to explore in the art studio so i wanted to share them with you the first one of course being this looking inward and being willing to be vulnerable and looking in the mirror and really going there it's so easy not to go there and just you know default to your strategies and methodologies and things like that but really to handle the people that you work with, the stakeholders, and create those ripple effects, not just for you and not just for people on your team, 
but also in a broader sense, you know, all stakeholders, people that you serve, families, communities, and it just goes on from there. And it's really helpful. Right. It's spot on. It's exactly right. You know, it, it takes some level of bravery to look inward and to not say, no, I am the result of my external environment and how I have interplay with my external environment. You know, and, and a lot of leaders will begin their careers believing that and they'll get only so far in their, in their leadership game. But when they start to explore their own self-awareness and how their internal world impacts their uh, life at work, that's when the magic happens, truly. Yeah, and that's, that's another idea that I can put in my idea box, that interconnection, the intertwining of histories and cultures and values and backgrounds and personalities. You, 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 you touch on something I just want to say about the personalities. You know, a lot of work is being done, gratefully, in organizations uh, figuring out where you lie with, uh, within the personality structure of somebody else and how you can get along best. But this work takes it deeper onto the level of your beliefs. Personality is aligned with attitudes often, and it's in its can be um, changing based on external environments. I want to take that work deeper and looking more at your essential self and, and doing the alignment there. It creates much more synergy and, uh, and value for people. Oh, that's a great idea, too. Stripping down to essential self, that goes into idea box too. You know, I'm all about putting ideas in my idea box, but that's really important work. I love that. Powerful work. Janine, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for educating me on workplace culture and leadership and for all the insights and knowledge that you shared. And of course, that free resource that you made available, as I said, we'll put a link in show notes. Everybody can get to it. and. Of course, of course. Thank you for the inspiration. It's been so great. And I can't wait to take you to the art studio and start working on it. So much fun talking with you as always. Anytime. I'm always here for that. <laughs> this was a great conversation with my friend Janine Perlstein on workplace culture and leadership. It's been fabulous day for all the inspiration that I'm going to take to the art studio. And thank you so much for tuning in today and listening. Until next time, stay inspired. And of course, keep creating. I'll catch you next time.